Kevin Guthrie here from Radio New York, delivering another one of our COVID-19 and mental health podcasts. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for tuning in to yet another masterpiece in production. We have a guest. I said we'd get some guests, and we've definitely got another guest with us today. Today, we have the lovely Beth Rodway. Welcome, Beth. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, thank, you for, thank, thank you for being here. Uh, so where are you currently geographically? Is that, is that the right word? Yeah. I am um, in Nunhead in southeast London. I'm currently right. staying at my partner's house for a few weeks, which is lovely. Nice to be back in London for a little bit. But you are originally a New York local girl. I am. I was born in Nottingham and then... As a, I think, four or five, I moved to, well, I moved between villages yeah. around Newark and Grantham, Claypole or Mennington, Westborough, those sort of things. Excellent. I, I put a shout out uh, looking for guests to talk about their, their COVID experience. Uh, obviously, I know your mum, and so I got to know a little bit about some of the stuff that had been happening in your life. And I... I think I reached out to you because I thought it would make a really interesting story. So just give people, I guess, a little bit of background into, firstly, what, what do you do? Why are you in London? What are you Why? doing there? Yeah, what are you, do- <laughs> what are you doing there? Why did you leave us? Um, I, I suppose after school. So I went to Stephen Grantham Girls School yep. in Grantham, um, which was, I had a really enjoyable experience of secondary school, but I always kind of felt that I... I didn't really fit in. I would spend hours after school in the art room, just, you know, just a couple of us, me and my art tutor. Um, And post sixth form, I went to study architecture in Brighton. Okay. Um, And I really, I I really fell in love with Brighton, actually, the city, the culture, the people there as well. And it it really opened up a different world to me. Um, And from Brighton, I moved to London. I suppose with the idea of working in architecture yeah. in my head, um, London was just where all the jobs were, to be honest, yeah. all the yeah. exciting jobs. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I think it was, it was, it's to do with my friends as well. Friends are really important to me. And there was a really, I, I made a really close group of friends at, at university in Brighton and we all moved together and we're all in London together now, which is really lovely. So you moved from architecture into Drawing, <laughs> I did. I uh, I start. I went to work in um, an architecture practice after my degree, mm-hmm. and architecture school I found is very different to working in architecture. Yeah. I think in university, um, everything's very speculative. It's very fun. It's very creative. Your products don't. Ha- your projects don't have um, financial restraints, for example. Yeah. And the favorite part, my favorite part was all the narratives that went behind it, all these stories Yeah. and always hand drawing, you know, that's something I've always loved. And, um, moving into an architecture practice where there's financial restraints of designing housing, which was interesting, but not as interesting as the projects I was designing at uni. And, um, I was on computers every day, you know? And so after that, I thought, I was really stuck actually. And, um, I just couldn't, I just didn't feel like this was really for me. Yeah. So I 
applied uh, I'd never been to art school so I thought you know what I, th- I think I'd never been to art school because it's the thought that you grow up with that if you're an artist you're never really going to be able to make a, ne- a living you know it's wow. this old wives tale and it's I, th- I suppose adults put this on you a little bit as well I'm not blaming yeah. anyone but you know and it's probably if I had a child maybe I'd <laughs> disencourage them to do that as well but um so I went so like basically I put that to the side of my brain and just thought I'm going to do this for me so I went to study on a um scholarship program at the Royal Drawing School which is yep. based in Shoreditch um and that's a master's and um you just draw every single day yeah. and you do classes in the national history museum. You stand in the middle of tube stations. You really get used yeah. to people watching you draw every different mediums, life drawing. And it was great. And, um, at the beginning, I remember the first day I felt so out of my depth, you know, I'd never been to art school before. I just, I felt awful. I was like, what have I done? I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, by the end of it, I, yeah, it was definitely the best year I've had in terms yeah. of creativity and my career and just really changing a corner, turning a corner, sorry. And, um, yeah, I, I can it, it came out really well and I won a couple of prizes and from that experience, I think led me into certain galleries and yeah. certain exhibitions and it really just gave me the confidence to think that, wow, I, I can really do this, you know? You have um, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And just to persevere. So yeah, I'd say to anyone, if you've got, you've got a dream at 16 or 17, you know, just follow it straight away. (laughs) You know what, you know what you did there was that what I took from that there was that you, you, you felt it, you felt it and you recognize your feelings and then, and then you followed it. And for a lot of people, they might, they may feel things, but then they don't follow. Yeah, completely. What was most profound there was that you that you felt it, and then when now I'm not in the right place, I'm not in the right arena here, and and I, I need to move across. So, yeah, definitely. That's brilliant. Okay, so we we kind of forgive you for leaving Newark in Claypole. <laughs> you're you're okay. You can you can stay there if you want. So, one of the reasons that we we were going to have this chat today was to talk about your, I guess, talk about your experience of COVID nineteen or Corona. And how, how you've navigated the last three months. And just before we started recording, you said something to me that was so profound. Uh, and it was, you said something around how this experience has just opened up new doors for you that may never have been opened. So just tell us a little bit about that. Mm, definitely. Um, yeah, a very interesting few months. I. I only went freelance, so I only took the step to become freelance last October. So when a COVID hit the UK, when lockdown hit, what was it, middle of March? Yeah, I'd only been doing it six months or yeah. so. And um, so obviously I didn't qualify for the government scheme of yeah. self-employed payouts. So I was really panicking. And um, most, of, most of my income, some from commissions, but some, most, of, most of it was from... Um, exhibitions and large paintings you know so obviously um exhibitions were cancelled yeah so i was panicking a little bit um so i thought that i'm gonna have to move online i'm gonna have to start selling online so through instagram um there was a scheme that matthew burrows 
uh, an artist kind of created called the Artist Support Pledge. Yep. And it's an affordable way of buying art. So art cannot be priced more than £200. Yep. And you post it online, you say, you know, for sale, um, description of the piece, and you tag it, Artist Support Pledge, and then yep. that can reach anyone in the world, obviously. So, and since the beginning of April, I've been selling one a day for the, yeah, for the past three months. So that's been like a lifesaver for me almost. That's incredible. It's it's been so great. And also, um, not just the selling aspect, but meeting so many new clients. If you think about how many different people there's, and I've had such such interesting conversations with people um, halfway across the world, you know, and just met so many people, e-met so many people in Australia and a lot in California and um, a lot in Denmark and just, yeah, really interesting artists and dancers and just, Yeah. yeah. People I never would have met otherwise. So that's been really, really great. And also it's, it's almost like a circle. Um, so for every grand you make, you yeah. spend, you have to spend 200 pounds buying another artist's work. Yeah. So I've also ended up with a nice pile of my own art, which is really lovely and perhaps yeah. something that I would never have bought otherwise, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's been really great. What, what an amazing, what an amazing scheme to come from, uh like a, a pandemic mm. just incredible in terms of yes there was the finance side of it but like you say getting your name out there now, now your name is literally all o- all over the world in, in in different pockets all over the place so that that's incredible i love yeah. little stories like this where we can look at a pandemic and go yeah but look at look at what happened this is incredible and then mm. your own pile of little unique pieces of, of art from around the world Right. And I will look back on those when they're hung in my home thinking, yeah. oh, I remember the day I bought that, you know, and I remember having this lovely conversation with the artist about it. Yeah. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So, that, so that's your work behind you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We, yes, should, got... we should point out that's your work behind you. <laughs> this is. I've got a little makeshift studio at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just got a few prints up. We've, we've actually... Uh, we've actually got a piece that's tucked away safely in a drawer. I've, I've got it wrapped up because one day, one, oh, day yes. gonna, one day you're going to be so famous that uh, it's going to sell for an absolute fortune. So <laughs> it's, it's never going to see the light of day until, uh, until that point that it gets sold. Fingers crossed. It's hoping. Keep marketing yourself because I'm, uh, I'm relying on it as a retirement fund. <laughs> Yeah, I should probably start one of those. That's another thing about being self-important. <laughs> no, no pressure there. So that's that was a that that was a really great example of a. You know, there was a phrase that I came across a couple of months ago, and it was uh, thriving, thriving, not surviving, uh, and the other one was a post-traumatic survival. No. Th- uh, thriving again it was about thriving and mm-hmm. actually that's what you're proving here isn't it that you can absolutely thrive through a situation like this we don't need to just survive it we can we can we can do more than that yeah i suppose so uh, yeah i think that's very true actually and i was i don't know i think it's i'm the sort of person who has suffered from anxiety in the past mm-hmm. and um perhaps 
would have expected to be quite anxious during this lockdown period. Yeah. But I think one of the main reasons that I haven't been is because I moved back to my mum's house in Claypole, yep. so Nottinghamshire area. And like you said before, we were in, I've been in the countryside yeah. and I've been spending so much time with her, which has been lovely because I have never really been able to have three months just with her. It's been yeah. quite stressful at times, but you know, mostly, <laughs> love <them. laughs> mostly lovely and just to be looked after. And um, yeah, just felt really safe, I think. Yeah. And I think the, the first few times I came back to London, I did feel a little bit on edge and it is the exposure, isn't it? You, yeah. you feel people and, and I think in the countryside there's just you and nature, which is really nice, but it was, it was nice. It's, it was good for productivity levels and, you know, not having any distractions. So how was it, how was it different being here in hmm. rural market town, Newark, hmm. then going back to the hustle and bustle of uh, London with lots and lots of people? It was, um, I suppose it was a bit, it was a bit shocking at first. Yeah. And like you said, I felt very vulnerable as well. Because I, so I suffered from shingles last year, at the end of yep. the year, uh, quite badly in my, in the left side of my face and my eye, yep. um, was hospitalized for about 10 days. So, and since until mid-March when we had lockdown, I was still on steroids at that time. So I, that's one of the reasons I, I moved back to, you know, to Newark. Um, so I did feel very vulnerable being out in London. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things you do have to, yeah, you do have to look after yourself yeah. and put yourself as number one. And it was difficult, you know, three months away from my partner and my friends. Yeah. And I think it's, I think towards the end of it, um, my mom was, she's very quite overprotective of me in a positive way, but she was like, really didn't want me to go back, you know, yeah. but I, quite understandably, but I think it, um, towards the end of those three months, you could see that I was really struggling a bit mentally, you know, just, it's not the same, a phone call or a zoom no. or a zoom to real life contact. So, um, it's been really nice to see my friends again. Yeah, absolutely. In, so in London, just to give people a picture of how things are down there, because mm. I, I love London, I love going, but obviously I haven't been down for some time. Are people quite, I mean, if you go on Newark, you see the odd person wearing a mask mm. and, and gloves and different things. Do you, do you see that in London? Do you see people protecting themselves and taking it seriously? Everyone, it, I think probably 60, 70% of people outside are wearing masks constantly, oh, which is great. Um, you know, especially in shops where you can't yeah. social distance. But I would say you go, to, you know, as in Hyde Park on Sunday and it was packed. Like yeah. you wouldn't think there's a pandemic. Everyone is about, everyone is socializing. But I think people are, are being careful. Yeah. Definitely. So it's good to know. It's reassuring. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the death rate's so low at the moment, which is fantastic. Yeah. And it gives, you know, it gives you a sense of hope with that. But um, I guess we're just lucky. Other places in the world aren't so lucky right now. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. How, mu how much do you engage in the news? Um, before, it's difficult. Before the pandemic, maybe more so. Yeah. And I try and check it once or twice a day at the moment. But before I, would, for example, would have the alerts on my phone, 
I've taken them off. I, I, yeah. I, it, I think it's perhaps maybe ignorant, ignorant of me to try to disengage a bit, but when it's also horrific at the moment, it's, it's quite hard, I think. Why, why did you say then that it might be a little bit ignorant of you to disengage? Because I think that the news isn't directly affecting me. Uh, so, for example, Corona is not affecting directly affecting me, like my health. Black Lives Matter at the moment isn't directly affecting me. Yeah. You know, we've got white privilege. Um, just a lot of a lot of the issues that are in the world right now, like we're lucky enough to be exempt from. And I feel that it's my responsibility to. I should be connecting, you know, and reading as much as I can about it. Okay, so <laughs> here's, here's the thing. So when you said then, oh, I, I try and watch the news once or twice a day, I was like, ooh, that's a lot. Yeah. And then you said, and I feel it's a little ignorant of me to, to disengage, and I was like, once or twice a day is a lot of watching news. Yeah. So in, so like, in this like, house. Check the, feed, check the news, you know, on my phone, oh, just God. like, yeah. So in this house, we, we stopped watching it completely early, early days. And, and then, if, if I'm honest, I never watch the news anyway, period. Yeah. Not watch the news. I will catch stuff on Facebook as I scroll. I will catch stuff on Instagram as I scroll. Mm. And I come from this, this kind of area where I go, if I need to know something, like yeah. Black Lives Matter, then yeah. I will find out because yeah. there will be a massive... Uh, foray about it and, and I will find out and then I will do my own research into what happened mm, that's true yeah it's like the other day uh, so I believe Leicester's, uh, Leicester City has gone back into lockdown mm. I don't watch the news but I know it's happened because it's you all about it. yeah that's so true and that only happened a few days ago and you already yeah. know about it that yeah word. you're right do you know what I mean? So, so yeah. my, my, my argument is, and particularly around the, the Black Lives Matter uh, subject, I remember mm. people saying, if you're not getting involved, that makes you racist. If you're not getting involved, then you're as bad as the rest of them. And I was like, hold on a minute. Mm. I, have a, I have a client base of about 25 a week. I am, I'm up against it most weeks. I don't have time. I, mm. I did something and, I, and I'm out there and I, I supported. But when it comes to your anxiety, my anxiety, our mental health, mm. I think it's really important that we take care of our own. Yeah. And if you don't have the capacity to watch the news once a day because it makes you anxious, then don't. Don't. Yeah. Uh, but don't feel bad about it either. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I, I'll, uh, yeah, think about that definitely. I, had a, I remember having a discussion with my sister who is really, really highly intelligent. She was... Mm. She was like one of the leads at uh, Banbury and o Oxford uh, College. Mm. And she's, she was saying she was watching the news every day. And I went, why are you doing that? And she said, well, because I have to. And I went, why? And I went, she went well, because, because it's ignorant if I don't, isn't it? And I went, no, why are you watching this? It's, yeah. it's rubbish. It's somebody else's opinion of yeah. what's happening. It's yeah. not, not overly factual. It's just, You're right, it isn't completely. Yeah. Just an opinion. Yeah, um, a lot of it is so biased as well. So yes. the news we're often reading is a lot of it isn't true. Yeah. So it is very difficult. But um it's an opinion. No, yeah. I think you're right. When you do find an important matter, it's good to seek out different sources, especially. Yeah. Somebody did tell me uh, there was a source that somebody gave me a while ago and I need to go back to her and ask him because she 
she said, what happens is this particular medium pulled together loads of new stories and then almost kind of go for like a middle ground. So it's, mm-hmm. they remove all of the emotion and the bias and just give you facts. And I was like, I like that. Yeah. I don't want to hear other people's facts. I want to hear if there's a meteor heading towards the earth, then I just need to know that. Yeah. I don't need to know emotions around it. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Because that does mean, that does mean no good whatsoever. So if you're watching the news once or twice a day, you're not being ignorant. You're still involved. Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's just so difficult, but so, so tell me a little bit more about the artwork. Was there a, a do, am I right in thinking there was a second project that you got involved in? Yes. Um, so I think early, early April, I yeah. remember I was looking around for exhibitions to, to, I was thinking of donating money, obviously to all these, you know, like mind charity or yeah. straight to the NHS, for example. But then I thought, we should do something. I, I would rather donate a piece of artwork, I think. Yep. So um, I was looking for an exhibition that I could donate to and couldn't really find one. So I remember speaking to my friend and, and um, who I studied with, an amazing printmaker, Rachel Neal, yep. um, rang her and said, you know, I'm thinking about starting an exhibition, creating an exhibition. So something just to raise money for mine, charity, where we can get local artists involved or yeah. it didn't end up being local actually it was international but um you know and we something where we can donate half the proceeds to mind and half the proceeds to uh, the artist so it's obviously it's a good way of supporting up-and-coming artists yeah. putting their name out there and also um just helping them financially for a little yeah. bit as well so that was good. And then, yeah, two days later, we'd created a website and had an Instagram and, you know, had this, we, we called it curated for COVID yeah. and um, neither of us were both artists, but we'd never curated an exhibition before. Yeah. So I think it was, it's a good early step to do it online, I think. Yeah. Um, so that was quite exciting for us. And we got, I think we got 500 applicants for it. And we ended up having just over a hundred pieces in the show. Um, and after, so we launched it on the Friday and after, you know, after the Friday and Saturday, we'd already raised 10 grand, wow. which was so amazing. And we, I, th- I don't think neither of us, neither of us expected that, you know, yeah. we didn't really know what to expect, but it was just such a nice feeling that I don't know, we'd, we'd done something. It was a lot of work, a lot of effort. And uh, tested our friendship, definitely. <laughs> but um, it's something I'd definitely do again. Yeah. And yeah, it was just a really nice, really nice feeling. So it's good to just donate some money, you know, support some artists. Yeah. And also just, I don't know, nice to collaborate with someone else on something in a time like that, you know, definitely. So is, is curate, cur- curated for, I can't say that. <laughs> I know, it's a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> curated for COVID still around? The website's it's, still there? The Instagram's still there. The website okay. isn't live anymore. We've had to take it down. Um, but the Instagram's still there. Yeah, if okay. you search curated for COVID, you can see okay. all the artwork that was in the exhibition. Right, okay. So can people still purchase or is it all gone? It's, we've closed the sales. So most, most of it sold, I think about 80% of the artwork sold. 
Um, and the exhibition's closed now, but all the artists are still on there. So yeah. you can all contact them directly if you're interested in their work. That's amazing. And what and again, what a what an amazing thing to do for for charity and get people's name out there. Yeah, it was nice. It was it was great for Rachel and I because we discovered lots of new artists as well. You yeah. know, whilst using some of our artists that we really admire and yeah. some of our friends and people we really look up to already. But it was really good for discovering new artwork. Yeah. And testing your uh, friendship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Very stressful dealing with you know, old people. <laughs> yeah, but no, really interesting. So you, so you can now say that you've uh, curated. I literally can't say that word. Curated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been good. I'd definitely do it again. It's, it's nice, you know, piecing, piecing together certain works and seeing what works together, what doesn't, what you think will sell, what you also yeah. personally like. It's uh, definitely a skill, which I haven't mastered yet, but it's a good like stepping stone, definitely. Yeah. So where would, you like, uh, where would you like your work to go to now? Um, uh, you mean exhibiting? What's, what's your goal? What's your goal with your artwork? I, my God, I tell you what, I think... I've been working very small recently yeah. because I've been selling, you know, a drawing a day, quite, quite small pieces, yeah. just working on them every day. And I think I would like to work large scale and, um, yeah, definitely work, work on some huge canvases next. Yeah. And, um, I think I was meant to be in LA sadly this summer on like a three month residency. So that's been postponed. So I think we're going to, I'm going to go to South of France next month and with my partner and make a little residency yeah. instead. So I think, I think fingers crossed that will be okay <laughs> to travel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> we'll have to see what happens with that. But um, it'd be nice to have a lot of outdoor space and just work yeah. on some huge works for that. That's for amazing. That. You did, I seem to remember that you, did you do a large piece that went to the States? I did, yes. It was the largest piece I've done, actually. So that was a commission. It and was... did you do it on your mum's dining room floor? <laughs> <laughs> also quite stressful. <laughs> but that was an interesting moment. Yeah, yeah it was 3.5 by 1.5 metres. That's the largest piece I've ever done. Wow, that's massive. Yeah, it was really, it was really nice. But... Um, because I was meant to be going to California this summer, I didn't get a studio. Yeah. And, you know, because I just started out also, I was skeptical about whether I'd be able to live as an yeah. artist. And, you know, I didn't want to jump, you know, put all my money in, in certain place initially. But um, so, yeah, studio is next on my list, actually. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere to work from. Uh, I remember yeah. having a conversation with your mum around how that was going to be posted yeah interesting got a huge role in the end and it uh, arrived very safely yeah i'm waiting for some photos of that i think they're gonna they're getting it like lit behind which yeah. should be nice so, oh, wow that's, i know that's really beautiful yeah. so how are you feeling now about the the whole corona thing are you, are you do you feel more at ease or as at ease as you can with something like this i feel a lot more at ease with it now it's yeah. almost like I forget a lot of the times right. that it's out there. You know, when I'm walking along and I'll see someone in a face mask nice. again yeah. and remember, yeah. But it's, you know, it's almost the fact that 
yeah, it's it's obviously still present in the UK a lot, but um, yeah, I feel a lot more at ease about it. Do you? Yeah. How do you feel about it? Or uh, I think, like you said earlier, particularly because I work from home, I don't, I don't go out a lot. If I'm honest, sure. same. I, yeah, I literally don't go out an awful lot. I went into New York the other day. And it was only because I was meeting somebody for a, uh, a coffee where, where we sat on the market stalls because there was nowhere else to sit. Yeah. Uh, and I walked in and I was like, oh, it's really quiet. Oh, yeah, it's really quiet <laughs> because most places are still closed and, yeah. and and you can't do that. So it's not until I go out and like like you, I see people in shops in masks and gloves and stuff. I go, oh, yeah, and that's, that's still happening. It's still out yeah. there. So yeah. did you get yourself a really cool mask? I did. I got myself a checkered, I got someone I knew to make one, checkered mask, blue and white checks with like a matching top as well. Oh, <laughs> Great. Cool. There's a, a little yeah. shop in town called, yeah. uh, oh, uh, Petit, uh, Petit uh next, it's on Stodman Street and uh, yeah. she's making some beautiful, beautiful masks. Really? Uh, like really, really stunning. And you can almost give her any fabric you want to ensure she'll make it into a mask for you. Amazing! Yeah. That sounds so nice. She was like, uh, "It's a it's a really lovely shop. If you, when you come back up, you must go in because she just sells the most beautiful, stylish accessories and hats and scarves and all sorts of stuff. Mm. Right? Just, just lovely. She's, she's got a real eye. Uh, oh, I had her name is, but she she was saying this is going to be the fashion accessory of the year. These masks. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it is. It's all about the little things at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. People are absolutely rocking them. They really are, yeah, definitely. It's just a small thing. I was in a queue for a coffee the other day, and just this random lovely guy was saying how he loved the fact I'd paired my socks with my skirt, both leopard print, and how it made his day seeing that. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's so miserable. It's like the tiny things that are perking people up. (laughs) They're just lifters a little bit. They're little things. Yeah, true. Uh, Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Kevin. It's lovely to meet you. It was such an interesting and inspiring story to hear that uh, an an artist at the beginning of your career can turn something like this into such a positive. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. And and Newark should be proud that you're a a local girl. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'm very proud to be from Newark. Is there anything, I feel like I'm going to throw this at you now, is there anything that you want to leave the listener with? Any little golden nugget? Um, I'd say if you've got, I, I'd say, which I would give myself a piece of advice, I'd give to myself at 17 or 16, for example, and I'd just say if you've got an idea, just run with it. Yeah. And, you know, don't, don't listen to adults. <laughs> <A lot of laughs> <the time. laughs> you know? We don't know what we're talking about. Please. We don't. We don't now. <laughs> Trust me. I mean, I'm in denial, but I think I'm finally one. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> <like> one. <laughs> well, tapping into something you said earlier, it was about uh, it was about feeling that something wasn't right, and then trusting that gut, and then and then mm. going with it, mm. which for you worked worked out. And and I remember you saying that even on your first day in in art college, you're like, "Whoa, what have I done?" And you're like, "Yeah, go with it." Definitely. And, and, and now look, uh, I, have a, I have a piece of artwork in my drawer in there that is going up in price every day. <laughs> um, Fingers crossed. <laughs> I, 
I'm relying on you, Beth. I'm relying on you. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank, thank you so much for your thank time you so today. Much. Well, it's been lovely. Uh, no, it is. It's been. Uh, it's been lovely, lovely, lovely. So remember that uh, these podcasts are for you. Uh, I'm looking for guests. Uh, COVID related at the moment, but uh, remember that it has to be COVID related and mental health based. Uh, if you are interested in recording, then give us a shout. You can catch me on Guthrie Therapy's Facebook page or you can contact the radio station. All of their details for Radio New York are online. Beth, thank you again. Thank you uh, so much, Kevin. Great to chat. Perhaps we'll see you the next time you come up. Uh, to everybody else out there, be safe, take care, be kind to yourself and everybody around you. Bye-bye. Radio.